0: Hello, this is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia. I have a message for all those that are hungry and thirsty for reality. You've come to the right place. There is ultimate meaning and purpose in this universe. So whatever your background is, first part of this message is for people from any background throughout the world. I want to share with you that I do have a website at ultimatemeaning.com. There, there's a flip book with original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me that answers many difficult and hard questions and reveals many mysteries. Highly verified by scientific evidence from many fields of science and archaeology objectively. So you can check out that flipbook at ultimatemeaning.com. The print that's highlighted in red are links to YouTube videos. and There's lots of that. You'll find them very profound and amazing to watch. The vast majority of the public is not aware of these things. Which is irrefutable evidence. It's right there before you. You can't deny it. Or you'll be denying your own eyes and your own intellect. So check that out. And I also have some videos there. The most recent one is quite an effective one showing all the amazing evidence, much of the amazing evidence against the pseudoscience called the theory of evolution or that they call as fact or assume as fact, which is far from it, It's not science at all. It is a mastery of deception. Every field of science can be exposed to show that. And you can check out, you know, on my homepage at ultimatemeaning.com. There's a link there to Genesis Science Network. There they have videos going 24-7. Documentaries of highly qualified scientists and archaeologists from around the world. And very amazing, interesting stuff. Check it out. I know you will be surprised and you will be amazed to find out that there is ultimate meaning and purpose for your life. You've been lied to. That's the truth. And that is found in an ultimate manifestation and perfection of love that is the very source of love which is the very source of all creation and is the very source of reality. And one of the names for God in the Old Testament in the Hebrew Bible, the major name for God that is most often mentioned along with the other one, I guess it could be about equal in the English language. and It's usually Lord God or similar phrases. And the word Lord in the original is Yahweh, which basically means the ultimate reality, separate and above and beyond the creation realm, beyond time and space, beyond all of that. The ultimate reality. And the word for God in the original is Elohim, that literally means the Almighty's, referring to the father the son and the holy spirit oh you believe in three gods no we don't believe no that doesn't mean there's three gods because god is referred to as the Almighty's. you see for god to rule in the three ultimate aspects of existence he must be in personage in and over those three ultimate aspects of existence and what are they Beyond the creation realm, beyond time and space, as God the Father, the word Father meaning originator, in the creation realm, that's the second aspect of existence, as God the Son. What does the word Son mean? Expression. One of the other words is the word word. It means expression. And God also must be in personage in the time and space creation realm to experience it, for he created it for his pleasure to experience it and to communicate with it. And so the Son is the full perfection of the being of God's love in, and the one and only full expression of the being of God's love into the creation realm, which has many dimensions beyond the physical realm that are far more superior than the physical realm. And then we have omnipresence. The God is filling all space, all dimensions of existence and time and space with his presence that can instantly raise the dead or do anything, bring anything back to where it was. And so, for God to be almighty, he must be in three personages, As God the originator, God the full expression of the originator, and God the Holy Spirit in omnipresence. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so I am here to share with you that God is not limited. He is unlimited in his greatness. Yes, he can communicate with this little speck of a planet. He's not so great that he can't communicate with his creation, no matter how small and insignificant it is in the midst of such a vast universe, which I don't have time to go in and describe because it's so amazing to describe the vastness of this universe. I mean... Look at the James Webb Space Telescope, a hundred times more powerful than the Hubble, sent a million miles away from the Earth in its own orbit, way out there. What have they discovered? To their utter surprise that everything that they can see now is contradicting the Big Bang Theory. Contradicting the Big Bang Theory. I'm not going to get sidetracked into all of this right now. But with all they can see of the stars. they know, for example, in our Milky Way galaxy, there's between 200 billion and 400 billion stars. Well, we know our sun is an average-sized star. And our sun is a thousand times greater than the Earth. So... You know how many billion people there are on the Earth? Only eight billion. In our own Milky Way galaxy, there's 200 to 400 billion stars. Some of those stars are a thousand times greater than the, than our sun. This is just in one galaxy, and there's billions of galaxies. They say they can't see the end to the universe, especially after the James Webb Space Telescope so they estimate from what they can see only and there's a lot more than that because they probably can't see beyond because they can't find the beginning that for every grain of sand there would be a thousand stars many of them way bigger than our own sun takes eight minutes for light to travel to the sun and Light travels around the earth seven times in one second. To get to the closest star beyond our sun is something like four light years. To travel across our Milky Way galaxy, I don't know how many. Probably it's in the thousands of years, at the speed of light. Forgotten what that is. They estimate that for the 8 billion people on Earth, each person would have something like 18... I forget if the scientist said 18 trillion or 80 trillion stars. So God can communicate to this little speck of a planet. Well, did he just create life on Earth and nowhere else? Well, no, he did create life in many other parts of the universe. I'm pretty sure of that. But you'll never reach it. Man will never reach it. <laughs> you can't even get anything to come close to the speed of light. No. See, I've written a book on the afterlife called Afterlife Incredibly Irrefutable. You can purchase it on Amazon. It's a large six by nine paperback of three hundred and sixty eight pages, or you can get it in Kindle format to have on one of your digital devices or your Android or iPhone very uh, well very good book to read got a few little mistakes i'm gonna have some revisions and improve it i need to put it into the account there of a man that was dead for seven days i didn't write that one up and yet i put it in the introduction nevertheless check that book out but you know one man that died when he was before god he was an atheist now he's a totally converted person and has found Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. From what he experienced, he went to hell, cried out for mercy, and God heard the cry of his heart while he was being torn apart by these other atheists that were ripping his body apart over and over again because they had a spirit of hate and evil. He said that when he stood before God, God did tell him he had life and creations and other uh, planets in the universe, not going to tell him much about it he did say that the earth is one of the most corrupt of all the planets you see we have free will so when you have free will you have the capacity to make wrong choices that are self-destructive to yourself and destructive to those around you but if you don't have free will you don't have the capacity to love He created us as beings that are self-originating, self-conscious, self-originating beings with intellect, mind, and emotion. Because therein is the capacity to love, which is the highest form of existence and the highest form of experiencing pleasure. And the highest form of creativity against those principles that are corrupting and destructive the second law of thermodynamics says everything left on its own goes in the direction of disorder he greeted us with the capacity to love well obviously because he is the very source of love he's not going to create machines that can't experience pleasure, that can't experience liberty, that can't experience these things. But I want to define God in a very integral scientific way. I was mentioning that his name Yahweh in the original, which is also sometimes pronounced Jehovah by others, but that's not as accurate, means the ultimate reality, the I am that I am, separate and above and beyond creation. He's called the ultimate, he's called Yahweh Elohim, the ultimate reality, the Almighty's. And we need to understand what the source of this reality is. So if you look up in dictionaries the definition of the word truth, you'll discover it basically means that which is real or reality. So you look up that word in various dictionaries, Basically, that which is indestructible, absolute, immovable, etc. There's only one quality that is indestructible, and I want to describe it now. It is an ultimate perfection of love that is the very source of love, which is who God could only possibly be. And the first aspect of this love is that it has integrity that it will not condone what is contrary to love. So what is this love? It is a quality that always chooses freely, innately, the highest lasting good, self-originating choice. It is always choosing the highest lasting good over any lesser choice, because any lesser choice as such would have a measure of corruption in it. This love is so pure that as it were, it is a blazing fire of judgment against the slightest that is contrary to this love. It will not tolerate corruption. It is the opposite of corruption. It is the destroyer of corruption. This is represented in the negative symbol in nature, electricity, math, What does that negative symbol represent? It represents cutting off all corruption. It represents an indestructible foundation of reality from which can spring forth creation that can go on and on without corruption. But the second law of thermodynamics says that anything left on its own always goes in the direction of disorder, basically. I mean, there's a more refined scientific definition of thermodynamics I don't have time to get into those. This is a general observation of the universe. So, the first law of thermodynamics is you can't destroy matter. It just changes. If you destroy it, it just becomes another form of energy or whatever. It basically implies that there's no beginning. That something always was. And that's pretty obvious, or we wouldn't be here. Nothing cannot create something. So there's an infinite past. So we, according to the second law of thermodynamics, should have come to total chaos somewhere in the infinite past, somewhere in the distant past. And yet here we are in a highly defined and designed universe I mean, you can't see your cells. They're too small. <clears throat> and yet in your cells, there's a whole universe of machinery that is very sophisticated and complicated. In fact, it makes modern AI computers and technology look like child's play. They can't touch the surface of the machinery that's inside one of your cells and all of your cells. If you brought it up in the size of an electronic microscope looking at it, it would be like a city 20 miles wide in which you would find all kinds of very different machinery. Robots walking on tracks that have two arms and legs, are carrying heavy loads and are given addresses to take it to different places. According to scientists, the speed those things are walking would be equivalent to about 2,000 miles an hour, according to one scientist director. And they're going all around inside the cells carrying all these things. Incredible machinery that they can't even come close to. That's what's in one of your cells. It's irreducibly complex. You take one part out, it doesn't work. There's no way those little robots in your cells could have evolved. Well, here we are in a highly defined universe, and the theory of evolution, if it's implied, if it's applied to the infinite past, since they believe in the survival of the fittest, there should have evolved an ultimate being. It certainly wouldn't have been in this physical dimension. Probably another dimension. There are many dimensions superior, far superior to the physical dimension, according to mathematical analysis. A particle physics. And again, I don't have time to get into that here. Using very genuine mathematical language. And what does it point to? It points to an ultimate intelligent source. Do you know that the atomic structure is so spaced apart that 99.49% of everything is empty space. And in that atomic structure, there's the physical dimension, which is the third dimension, the fourth, which is superior to the third, the fifth, which is superior to the fourth, all the way up to the tenth and possibly more. And so evolution applied to an infinite plastic should have resulted in what I am about to define here. And I've just defined the first aspect of this love, how pure it is, represented in the negative symbol, an indestructible foundation, the cutting off of all corruption. And the second aspect of this love is that, yeah, God is unlimited in his greatness. He is so great that he can communicate with, I'm sure, the smallest little robot inside your cell or molecule if he wants to. And yes, he did come into this world and communicate in human form with man. You have an account of it in Genesis 18. Where Abraham is at his tent door and there's three men standing a little ways from his tent door in the heat of the day. And he perceives they're probably more majestic than normal humans, bows before them and says, can I make a wonderful meal for you? And they do. He sits and talks with them. And he dresses the main leader of those three as Yahweh, which is the most sacred name for God that I just defined. And the other two go forward to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's an historical thing that actually happened. And he went up from Abraham into the heavens right there. That was Jesus Christ before he came to the earth through incarnation, through a woman, through Mary, who was a virgin. Yes, God's love, the other aspect of his love, is in the positive symbol, which is formed by crossing out the negative symbol. And God is so great that he came into this world and humbled himself more than you, a mere creature on the cross, and suffered more than you, a mere creature on the cross. You think about that. He absorbed what was your rebellion against God upon himself. Without becoming corrupted by it, verified in his resurrection from the dead. He became a perfect, atoning, substitutionary sacrifice for your sins. And that was a reality that happened before the world was created. Not just in this time and space realm when it actually happened on this earth. It was a reality in God, not a capacity, a reality. It had already happened. It says in the Bible that Jesus Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. That means that he Had this quality of love in him always from the infinite past that was so great that he could humble himself and do that, and indeed it was a reality. There is no love that is greater than this love I'm describing, there is no love that can be imagined that is greater than this love I am describing. Only this love is trustworthy of containing unlimited light, unlimited power and authority without being corrupted by all of that. Or using it in a corrupt way, thus indicating him to be the very source. And only this quality that I've described of who God is, is who the one true God could possibly be. Only this quality. could result in what we see before us of such an amazing creation. It's such good news. It is the most wonderful message, and it's not a message that happened just from the time of Christ on. This message was preached from the time of Adam and Eve. And what is it? That there is only one God, and that only God has the power to forgive sin. And that he will forgive our sins if we repent and call unto him for mercy. That message has been from the beginning of time on this earth. Yes, they would take an innocent lamb back in the time of Adam and Eve and all the times before, that, before Christ came and lay their hands on it as a symbol of their sin being transferred unto the lamb, and they would slay the lamb, well, innocent lamb, on behalf of their sin. And Jesus Christ is called the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And in this book, incredible, Afterlife Incredible Irrefutable, there are accounts of genuine Christians that have died and been verified as dead by medical equipment and doctors that describe in detail their entrance into heaven and them standing before Jesus Christ. They were in a dimension far superior to this physical dimension. It's so much more real The one person described it as the comparison of 2D paper, 2D dimension compared to 3D. That dimension was so much greater than our physical dimension that we experience. Magnitude's greater. And there they are, and they're experiencing such intense love as Dean Braxton, for example. You look him up on YouTube. Braxton is spelled. B R A B R A X T O N Dean Braxton, type in front of it, N-D-E, standing for near-death experiences. He was standing before Jesus Christ. Actually, I think he was on his face at first. The love was so intense, you can't put in words in the human language. So the, the love was so pleasurable and intense. The love they experience there is far greater than some sexual pleasure we experience in this physical realm. This love was so intense that Dean knew that if God had only created him, that he would have come and humbled himself more than him, suffered more than him on the cross so that he could choose to repent and receive God's forgiveness and be reconciled to God. That is amazing. The love was so intense that it felt like he was the apple of God's eye and that God loved him so much and so personally that nothing else mattered in the universe but him. And yet he knew that God loved others just as much in heaven. So this is the message of ultimate meaning and purpose for your life. You do not have to fear death. because the afterlife is far more real than this life. So that's a long message for an introduction here, but I want to get in now to the message that I want to give to those that have come to receive Jesus Christ into their life. Now, if you want to pray a genuine prayer before Yahweh the Almighty's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one true eternal God, then you can go to my website at ultimatemeaning.com. And there's beautiful music in the background. And you can pray the sinner's prayer there and receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior. And right now I'm feeling Tears fill my eyes because I'm being filled with such a presence of God's love as I'm talking to you. And I have a message to give to this world. The hour is soon. The time is soon for the return of Jesus Christ. There's no time to put this off. Do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart against God's love. Or you will have an immunity in you that will not allow you to receive him over time. Do you know that the people that are in hell in the afterlife, the reason they can't get out of hell? Because they don't know how to choose with a pure motive. All they say is, oh, God, you're so powerful because you're so powerful. Yeah, I gladly repent because I don't want to suffer. But that's an impure motive. So they don't get out. don't get out of hell.